Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unbossed. We are so glad that you are here. What are we gonna have on the show today? I'm so glad that you asked. Down goes Walker. Oh yeah, Georgia did a new and different thing. Well, they didn't necessarily do a new thing. They stuck with the senator that was there. The Reverend Senator Warnock wins the race. It was a little too close for my taste. However, a win is a win. Down goes Walker. Meanwhile, the Supreme Court is considering some changes that could significantly impact elections all across the country. We're gonna tell you all about that. And later in the show, we will discuss why Warren Buffett is a villain. And here to go through today's news with me is the one and only Jackson White, who is a Rebel HQ contributor. Jackson, it's so good to have you back as a co-host today on Unbossed. It's good to be here. I was just saying it's hot up here in New Jersey. I had this jacket, you got your turtleneck. I had this jacket, but it's 60 degrees up here, man. We need to do something about this. Oh wow, <laughs> that, that uh, the climate change. Yeah, man, we gotta we gotta do something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unseasonably warm in uh, in Cleveland as well. I must admit, oh, yeah. close yeah. to the 50s. So Jackson, anything happening on Rebel HQ that you want us to know about? Well, I mean, I'm dropping everything on Rebel HQ every day, but I also have a podcast. It's called Politics and Paper. You can follow it on YouTube, youtube.com slash at politics and paper. Actually, tomorrow I'm talking about stereotypes, how they impact our thinking, where they come from. Is there anything good about it? Is there anything evolutionary about it? I talk about nerdy, cool stuff like that. Again, youtube.com slash at politics and paper. There it is, politics and paper, nerdy and cool stuff. I got to check that out too, because I like how nerdy and cool goes together. Oh yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah, it does. The nerds rule the world, baby. Don't sleep on the nerds. Don't ever sleep on the nerds. (laughs) So that's the first thing we're going to go into is an election recap. Take a look at this. It is my honor to utter the four most powerful words ever spoken in a democracy, the people have spoken. Oh Yeah, the people have spoken and Reverend Senator Warnock will return to the United States Senate. Thank you so much, Georgia. We know it was a squeaker, but you squeaked on through the right way. So over a million people in Georgia cast their their votes yesterday, ultimately, Senator Reverend Warnock had a majority of the votes. We are looking at this graphic right now, 51.4% to 48.6% for Herschel Walker. Again, very close race, hard fought both in during the regular cycle in November and then in this runoff election, very, very close. But indeed, the people have spoken. And Senator Warnock went on to thank his mother, You know you gotta thank mama, baby. Take a look at this. I want to say, (laughs) I want to say thank you to my mother who is here tonight. She grew up in the 1950s in Waycross, Georgia, picking somebody else's cotton and somebody else's tobacco. But tonight she helped pick her youngest son to be a United States senator. Um, yeah, there's one. He he featured her in some of his ads. Um, but you know, you're gonna you, if you elect a, a pastor, you, you know, Sky Daddy's gonna get a shout out. You're gonna get a little God, <laughs> a little Jesus, gonna be. In- 
You better say that, Reverend Warnock. How profound is that? I mean, he wrapped in that know from whence you came from James Baldwin. If you know from whence you came, there's virtually nowhere that you cannot go. His mama, mama went from picking cotton to picking her son as the next United States Senator of the great state of Georgia. Jackson, that touched me a lot. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, especially when it comes to a state that's more traditionally red, we're seeing um, a really good man for the job help to transition more progressive policies into office. And I like how you started it out um, when we opened the show, saying that even though, you know, I mean, we got to acknowledge first and foremost, Herschel Walker ran one of the absolute worst campaigns we've ever seen in our lives. But a win is a win. And um, one of the things that's really been a silver lining for me is just the realization that um, you know my, uh, my generation, millennials and Gen Z are now coming into, as I've been saying, managerial age. So a lot of the change uh, that needs to be that we need to see isn't only being fought for by the OGs in the game, but also the people in the game who are getting weary. You know, we're able to come in, and so I got faith for the future because if one thing is true throughout history is that. Uh, people overcome, that's what we do. So there's no reason to think otherwise now. That is exactly what we do and you're right. This was a generational fight and it it panned out perfectly in that state. It could have went another way, it almost did go another way. And we are gonna take a look and it's really great for Georgia. Ultimately, it's great for our country. The Dems now have 51 seats in that Senate, also, you know, 51 seats, which is a beautiful thing. But However, and however, it's just, hey, Herschel Walker almost, I mean, he could have pulled this out. It was really, really close. Look at, let's take a look at how many people actually in the great state of Georgia did vote for, you know, Herschel Walker. I mean, he got those votes. So we are happy that the Reverend won, but let's understand this. Georgia is a divided state right now, and that's important to note. However, people are taking all these, we we socked it to the to the GOP. That is not exactly how the numbers tell the story. This is a divided state and thank God the divide came down on the right side. And remember how Fox News, so so Warnock really dominated in early in-person voting and early voting by mail. People were determined to get out there and show their support for the Reverend Senator and they did just that. But do you remember when Fox News fought against mail-in ballots for months? So they played themselves and their candidates. After years of attacking early voting, Fox News worries early voting attacks backfired for the GOP. You think? With the Georgia runoff election nearly over, Fox personalities reassess their network efforts to discourage Republicans from getting out to vote. How dumb can you be? No one should be discouraging their voters from coming out to vote. Whatever method the voters decide to use, they use. But just because you don't like the mechanism, you're gonna tell these folks not to come out to vote? Not very wise of you, not at all. And it just wasn't a great, it wasn't great on their part. So hopefully they have learned their lesson. We should be protecting and expanding access to the ballot box, not trying to dissuade people not to vote. Jackson, I just don't understand that strategy and whether you're a public, you know, I ran for Secretary of State in my state in 20. 14, and one of the things that I said on the campaign trail is that I am going to, to you know, should I become Secretary of State, I'm, I'm running to expand and protect access to the ballot box, and that's for all. That once I win that, you know, should I have 
had the honor of being Secretary of State, I wasn't gonna be in there trying to stop other people's voters from voting. I'm gonna protect your vote, your right to vote, even if it is to vote against me. And so the fact that the Republicans were so arrogant and Fox News was so arrogant that they gave that message to their voters, I, I just can't believe it. Well, I think you know that's because you believe in the democratic process for humanity at large. Um, you know, when you see the world as your stuff being taken away, you're not really going to be able to look at inclusivity in a positive light. And but the reality is is that uh, before the Republican Party makes any type of change, um, they're going to pile down, and we'll talk more about the court case coming up and stuff like that. But that's what we're going to see first. Um, so uh, inevitably, we're going to have to double down as well. Yeah, we really are going to have to do just that. Now that Herschel Walker has been defeated, how are politicians reacting? Let's take a look at this, starting with Donald J. Trump. Well, Republicans are mad, they big mad, and the former president is especially mad. So Trump took the truth social and he shared this. Our country is in big trouble, what a mess. And Dr. Robert Reich, he laid it out perfectly with this tweet. The biggest loser tonight isn't Herschel Walker, it's Donald Trump. You better say that Dr. Reich. And with Walker's defeat, Trump's Final record in the midterm races. You want to know what it is, what the score is? Because we keep a score here. Two to 14. That's right, two to 14. Two wins and 14 losses. That is not a good record at all. So Trump endorsed governors, senators, secretary of state candidates in swing states that Biden won. And we look at the L's that these people have taken. And so glad that they lost, especially the ones running for Secretary of State, especially that. The Secretary of State set the rules of engagement in these states for voting access. And it is important to have Secretary of States that believe that everybody has the right to vote. People who are gonna champion that right to vote. Now Fox News who helped prop up Herschel Walker was not happy with the results. Take a look at this. This coming. To me, it never felt like the Senate Republicans wanted this guy in office. He was a Trump pick. They didn't like that. They probably like him as a person, Herschel as a person. But there wasn't the intensity on the part of the Republicans as there was on the part of the Democrats. I felt it, you felt it, but we don't change anything. We have the same people in place in leadership, same people in place apparently at the RNC. That's not Perhaps that's not changing. We just keep doing the same thing over and over again. I'm pissed tonight, frankly. Go ahead. Laura, I'm really glad that you're pissed. You just shut up and dribble. You probably can't even damn dribble. Just shut up, okay? Because this was brought to you by people like you. So yeah, be pissed. I'm so glad you big mad. Shut up and dribble if you can. She probably can't dribble Jackson at all. And and no, so definitely not. She can't dribble. You know, you remember when she made that smart Alec comment to LeBron James, I've been seething ever since. I couldn't wait to tell her to shut up and dribble. Well, it was even better cuz you could just tell her to shut up and leave it at that. <laughs> you know, and, and and one of the things that she what happened was is that 
you know, Trump and everybody on the train, they just got so tired of winning that they just started losing. So that's all we, that's all it is. It's just win burnout. So, uh, but uh, on on a serious note, uh, the reality is is that these compounding losses, not just in the elections, but also just legally, uh, for Donald Trump and the impacts of you know, um, like him or not. Um, Ron DeSantis has a very bright future ahead of him politically within the Republican Party. He's a very young man when it comes to politics. He has uh, a resume that matters to people who will vote for him. So as these things start to bubble up, uh, at the end of the day, Trump's just a man. So uh, I think we're gonna see a lot more losses from him uh, coming real soon. Yeah, very good. He's gonna continue to spend as much as he can. He will spend anything to make it suit his needs. And so let's listen at what Majority Leader Chuck Schumer had to say about the win last night. He's a unique man who's has a great future. I said, this guy is special. If there's anyone who can win in Georgia, which was then regarded as a red state, it is this guy. And it took a few more months of persuasion. I had everyone in the sun call him. Al Sharpton was on TV today mentioning that. And uh, thank God he ran. Yeah, thank God Reverend Warnock ran and that he won. Make no mistake, Georgia is still a red state. Now let's not get too ahead of ourselves on this. Not no revisionist history. But Reverend Warnock did win this race and he will be in that seat for six good years. And then this tweet from President Joe Biden just called Senator Warnock to congratulate him on his win. Tonight, Georgia voters stood up for our democracy, rejected ultra megaism, and most importantly, sent a good man back to the Senate. Here's the six more years. And that I agree with the President of the United States. Reverend Warnock is a good man and a good person to have in the United States Senate. Reverend Senator Warnock, congratulations and congratulations to the great state of Georgia. There's a lot of work to be done because that state is divided, but you won that race. Keep standing up for the people. That Supreme Court election changes. Yeah, they're doing bad things once again. This far right activist court is at it again. So the Supreme Court is set to hear a case that could fundamentally change elections. The case that the Supreme Court hears today brings stakes like no other. In the North Carolina case, the court is being asked to decide whether to drastically expand the authority that state legislatures have over election maps and voting laws. In Moore v. Harper, the Supreme Court would decide whether the North Carolina Supreme Court has the power to strike down the legislature's illegally gerrymandered congressional map for violating the North Carolina Constitution. Now that case is more the Harper as we mentioned. And why is this important? Well, let's take a trip down memory lane. Last year, North Carolina's Republican dominated state legislature passed on a party line vote, an extreme partisan gerrymander to lock in a supermajority of the state's 14 congressional seats. That is called rigging the system. Let me break this down. Let me dress this up for you. It is called rigging the system. It is called politicians picking their elected officials instead, or excuse me, politicians picking their constituents instead of constituents picking their elected officials. I want to dress this up for you. It is rigging the game. And so here we go. The gerrymander was so extreme. 
that an evenly divided popular vote would have awarded 10 seats to the Republicans and only four seats to the Democrats. The map was a radical statistical outlier more favorable to Republicans than 99.9999% of all possible maps. In other words, these fools had no fear of rigging this thing. And this is the power of legislatures. And that is why, Jackson, we should not sleep on legislatures. We spend so much time focusing in on Congress, which is important, both chambers, the presidency, which is important. But Democrats do not do a very good job at making sure we are running candidates and cultivating candidates that can win state legislatures all across the country. Your thoughts on this case, Jackson? Well, I mean, the reality is, is that this is just a desperate attempt to bring societal change to a halt. All it does is erode the separation of church and state and increase authoritarian culture within government. Um, because I mean, all this does is give more power to the state, uh, which is the antithesis of what conservatives claim to want, at least within within their branding and their marketing. Um, you know, from Ronald Reagan on through today. Um, you know, so instead of adapting and trying to push forward policies that are popular, you know, we're seeing this happen with the reversal of Roe v. Wade. You know, pretty much all the Republicans voted against gay marriage and contraception. They did nothing about the baby formula shortage, nothing about um, inflation, nothing about um, infrastructure. Pretty much anything that the country really needs, where jobs really could be created in any type of substantial way, the Republican Party has been against. And so the only way to ensure that they have any type of stranglehold on power is to give more power to the state because the people don't want them there. So that's the reality. It is, and the whole notion of states' rights. I mean, this is Rainer's ugly head, and we know from a political, social, economic, and just a pure human level or capacity pillars, if you will, that those type of states' rights have never worked for the black community in particular. Because the United States Supreme Court has ruled that federal courts cannot hear partisan gerrymandering cases, voters contested the map in state court, contending that the map violated the state's constitution's free elections clause, among other provisions. And good on them for standing up and, and doing that. We really need them to do that. Um, they struck. So, and then here's what the gerrymandering looked like in North Carolina. If we can put up that map of 2020 versus 2022, North Carolina's 2020 House map favored Republicans. I mean, you see a total sea of red. We see 2020 and we see 2022. It got even worse. And this is not because voters were voting necessarily differently, it's because the Republicans that control the legislature in North Carolina use their pen and they rig this thing in such a way that it really doesn't matter what the will of the people, what, what the will of the people, what their will is that the Republicans will continue to control those seats in the legislatures. And if the case advances, advanced by North Carolina's Republican legislative leaders, legislative leaders, the independent state legislature theory could negate a governor's veto in the oversight of courts enforcing the state constitution and cast doubt on citizen implemented initiatives aimed at taking partisan politics out of map drawing and election rules. This is bad and we all should pay attention to this. This will have a chilling effect 
on elections all across this country if the Supreme Court rules the wrong way. The Republicans have been working on these plans. So whether it's this, whether it's Roe v. Wade, you name it, they've been working on these types of measures for a very long time. And we, the collective we who believe in what is just right and good, we're gonna have to get on our assignment as well. But we're gonna keep you posted on this story. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the show, my all-time favorite part, viewers' comments. But before we get to those comments, let me remind you, we are BG, hashtag that thing, baby. We are Brittany Griner, praying for her, praying for her family, lifting them up while the government hopefully is doing all that it can to bring her home and other people are working on it as well. So we're sending so much love to Brittany Griner and her family. And we wanna thank you so much for helping us overreach our goal for helping our sisters and brothers and family and friends in Jackson, Mississippi. To all of you who donated, we really do appreciate you. There's still much more work to do, so we will keep you posted on that. But this is a good thing, we could not have done it without you. Now onto our viewer comments, TYT member Speed Racer says, hey Speed Racer. The best thing is that Georgia will have at least four more years with two Democratic US senators. You are absolutely right about that. And the reason why Speed Racer said two four more years is because Senator Alshop will be, you know, running again in between um, the new term for Senator Warnock. So yeah, you're right. Four more years with, with two Democratic senators who will hopefully use their power to edify and lift the people. So I'm with you on that speed racer. And on Twitch, Chipper says, yay, I got to finally check out Unbossed. I've missed it until now. Well, Chipper, so glad that you're spending your time with us this afternoon. We really do appreciate you, darling. And on YouTube Super Chat, Jorgen says, powerful Nina, number one. Thank you, Jorgen, I appreciate you, darling. And we appreciate each and every one of you for giving us the opportunity to do what we do. We could not do it without you. We're sending you so much love. Thank you for your support of Unbossed and our TYT network. Well, the Democrats ditch Manchin's dirty deal. Hallelujah, somebody. That's what I would say if I was in church. Y'all know I say hello, somebody. I would say hallelujah, somebody. Senator Joe Manchin was at it again. He is at it again. The man never stops. So caping for his owner donors. Let's take a look at the wonderful reporting from TYT's very own Jonathan Larson in the TYT Progress Report. And this is how Jonathan lays it out. When congressional leaders yesterday introduced the annual National Defense Authorization Act, it had weapons, it had salary and benefits for personnel. It had billions of dollars more than even President Joe Biden asked for, but it didn't have Senator Manchin's pet project. Oh my God. And so let me remind you, the budget the budget pending for the Pentagon is $847 billion. Yes, billion would it be underline it, underscore, bolded, exclamation point, message in a bottle. It, it is about $40 billion more dollars than what this president even asked for. So we know that in the United States Congress, they will come together in a bipartisan fashion for war making. Yeah, that is what they will do. And even though our military budget is higher than the next nine countries combined, this does not stop these folks from pouring all the money, all the effort they can into war making. Makes no sense. 
Let's go back to what Jonathan had to say. Manchin had publicly said he would use the NDAA to pass his controversial bill, giving energy companies more power to start new projects over community opposition. But despite Biden's backing, okay, I got the pause right here. Let me read that for you one more good time. The, but despite Biden's backing, so this ain't just Manchin. This ain't just President Shadow President Joe Manchin. This is President Joe Biden too. So when you guys start, you know, jumping all over a Manchin, which you should, hey, make sure you throw some of that at the president as well. So despite Biden's backing, yesterday's bill's language was released with no Manchin in sight, as TYT Washington correspondent Candace Cole reported last night. Yeah, did report that. And let's take a look at this tweet from the shadow president, shall we? The Senate must vote to amend the NDAA to ensure the comprehensive bipartisan permitting reform our country desperately needs is included. My full statement. So he tweets his statement. Okay, we already know what he had to say. Do this. And we also know the environmental groups were very much against this. Let's go on. Jonathan says, or writes, Republicans opposed it because it didn't go far enough to give energy companies the power to silence and stifle community opposition. These projects are cited disproportionately in black, brown, and indigenous and low income neighborhoods. Imagine that, not giving a damn about how you poison and pollute people in black, brown, indigenous, and low income neighborhoods. Because guess what? They don't deserve to live a good life, they don't deserve it. Mm -mm, they're not worthy. But as Candace has been reporting, that's our Candace, a progressive rebellion with some threatening to vote against the so-called must pass NDA meant Manchin simply lacked the votes. It is about time because this man has been getting his way the entire time, the entire time, just thwarting the entire agenda. And I question whether he was really standing in the way of the agenda or he was a convenient excuse, but I'll save that for another time. Jonathan goes on, as Candace reported last month, Rep Gahava, the House Natural Resources Committee chair, re-upped his opposition to Manchin's bill, backed by 76 other House Democrats. One of them, Representative Ro Khanna, also vowed to counter Manchin's NDAA maneuver by tacking a $15 an hour minimum wage bill onto the NDAA, as Candace first reported. You better go ahead on, Congressman. Thanks to the progressives for standing up, Representative Gahava and Representative Ro Kana, I just like saying his name like that. Thank you all for standing up and thank you, Representative Rokana, for putting that $15 an hour minimum wage in there. They want to play these games, we're going to play with them. Y'all want to play? We're going to play too. And again, it is really such a shame, but here, here we go. So Ben Cohen, one of the co-founders of Ben and Jerry, sums this up quite nicely. Our country, the last remaining superpower on earth, needs to learn to measure its strength, not in terms of how many people we can kill, but in terms of how many people we can feed, clothes, house, and care for. Exclamation point, baby, dropping the mic. Jackson. Well, I, I just think it's hilarious that Joe Manchin is a Democrat at all, given the fact that, well, everything about him, but you know, especially given the fact that he receives more money from the fossil fuel industry than not just any other Democrat, but any body in Congress or the Senate period. Like it's it, it, it's amazing. 
But um, you know, at the end of the day, public pressure works. This happened because people put their foot down and said that this isn't what they wanted. And we got to get gangster with these people. We have to extort them out of the power of which we gave to them. You know, so we got to do it. You better say that, Jackson. We got to get gangster with these. I mean, we we do that. They're there because we put them there. So let's remove them and put someone else there until they're there. You know, so that's right. Remind them who the power really belongs to. We got to get gangster with these folks. Well, I I wouldn't doubt that Senator Joe Manchin will try again at another time. We will keep you posted if he does do that because after all, he is the shadow president. <laughs> rail worker sick leave. Now on Unboss, we have been covering the rail worker saga and we will continue to do so. Power to the people, power to the rail workers, power to the workers. Let's put up this graphic, how Biden and Buttigieg could deliver sick leave to rail workers. If they really wanted to do it, they could do it. This is excellent reporter again coming from the lever. And when he forced a contract on rail workers, the president pledged to continue to fight to provide them pay sick leave. Here is how he can do it. So at the lever, they letting them know how he can do it. We got to make sure that he does. Let's take a look at this. When President Joe Biden pushed through a bill last week, forcing a contract on exhausted rail workers, he vowed to continue fighting for paid sick leave, a key demand in the years long contract battle between the increasingly overworked workers and their profit soaked employers. Department of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg echoed that promise in a widely watched grilling by CNN's Jake Tapper. Let's take a look at this grilling, shall we? So Jake what does it mean to, to press the case if you're not willing to like actually go to these, these billionaires and say, how on earth can you sleep at night not letting your railway workers have paid sick leave? Which is just like, that. I mean, that's, that's not an extravagant benefit, paid sick leave. You get sick, you get to take a few days off. They don't have that. So I guess these lofty aspirations are one thing, but I didn't hear any language coming from the administration saying, these rail companies need to get serious about about offering basic, basic benefits like paid sick leave. Jake Tapper is absolutely right. Just asking for the basics. And I want you to know that Mr. Buttigieg really had nothing to say. What that all that fluff language he used after that did not answer Jake Tapper's question. And Kudos to Jay Tapper for going in on this man and letting them know your nonsense that you're talking. We're not gonna tolerate it here on CNN. Not today. Not today, Petey. Not today. And so Biden and Buttigieg have yet to say just how they will try to secure sick days for 125,000 rail workers who are among the 33 million US workers lacking access to a benefit that's universal in other wealthy nations around the world. We need to be ashamed of ourselves. Jackson, I don't know, you know, we are a hegemon nation. We're the wealthiest nation on the face of the earth, yet workers have to grovel and beg for, as Jake Tapper laid out, the basics. And I think this will actually turn out to be one of Biden's worst policy losses because it was just really unnecessary and one that is just gonna unnecessarily hurt the party when the Republicans are doing so poorly by themselves. 
Well, the reality is you got to stick by your word and your branding and your mission. And um, you know, uh, the rail workers, the railway workers feel this pain. So moving into coming elections, it's really not going to matter so much to them that the Democrats are objectively better on unions than Republicans because they just watched and felt Joe Biden do what he did, even though he could have, you know, clamped down on an executive order to expand sick leave for the employees, which could have, well, of course, stifled some type of legal challenge. But fight, you know, fight, damn it, you know what I mean? That's what people need to see. That's what people not just need to see, but it's really what makes the difference. And the alternative, being the Republican Party, is completely worse. So, you know, when you got CNN coming down on your head, that really says a lot to how much of a loss this is. Yeah, totally agree. You gotta. This was the president's opportunity to really show whose side he was on, and he did show us whose side he is on. And it certainly was not the workers in this case. He could still do an executive order, so let's see what what he does. Now, as reported by the lever, there are several paths that Biden, the Biden administration could can take. Let's take a look at what this president can do. A Biden could try to expand an executive order requiring federal contractors to provide sick leave. His Secretary of Transportation could enforce existing rail safety laws to challenge harmful attendance policies. Or his administration could use the last few weeks of Democrats control of Congress, meaning both chambers, to push for the passage of a national paid sick leave bill. This president ought to do that. He ran on this and he should hold true to what he promised. But more importantly, to leave the rail workers in a lurch like this, in a terrible situation like this is really inhumane, knowing that they have zero paid sick days, knowing that if they went on strike, they would bring this economy to a halt, but yet they were not worthy worthy enough for you to fight for them. Instead, you used your power to really crush them and to stop them from using the most important bargaining chip that they have, their ability to strike. Give the workers what they are asking for because they are not asking for too much. They are, in the words of Jake Tapper, asking for the bare minimum. They deserve better than what they are getting. Now, to be clear, going back to the lever, the first of these options would most certainly trigger a legal challenge on the basis of the arcane rail laws. Those laws can be changed too, by the way, by Congress, but I digress. The arcane rail laws that the rail industry has relied on to preempt its workers from key federal protections. And all of these moves would require picking a fight with the rail industry donors who have funded almost $20 million to Democrats in the last decade. Underlined, bolded, underscore, exclamation point. So hopefully you sisters and brothers and family and friends are getting a glimpse into why not much happens on behalf of the 98% in this country. It is because the owner donor oligarchs are in full control, they are. And whether it's a Democrat or Republican, the corporatist wings of both parties are in control and they worship at the feet of these owner donors. See, that's what you got to understand. That is what we are letting you know right here on Boss. That whether they Democrat or Republican, if they are part of the owner, if they bow at the feet of the owner donors, if they are part of the corporatist wing of either of these parties, ultimately they will say the hell with the everyday American. 
And what has happened to the rail workers is going to come back to bite. Not only because this ain't about the Democrats, this is about the rail workers. And you do this to the rail workers, you'll do it to nurses, you'll do it to teachers. Hell, you'll do it to janitors, you'll do it to carpenters, you'll do it to secretaries. They'll do it to anybody. If it comes down to the choice between the working class of this country from all identities, the people in the hoods where they are misunderstood, the rural hoods, the urban hoods, or the suburban hoods, and them owner donors, they don't choose the owner donors. Now you see what they did. This president asked Congress to act and they acted and there were only a few members in both chambers that stood up and said, hell to the null. But it was not enough. And the reason why they did it, well, the leverages gave you the numbers, $20 million over the last 10 years. These politicians are bought and sold all the way up to the president of the United States of America. Let's put this up. On Tuesday, just four days after Democrats passed their strike busting bill without paid sick leave. Did you hear us? Without paid sick leave, Norfolk Sutherland Railway, one of the biggest freight companies, boasted that it would be enriching its shareholders with stock dividends and buybacks. And according to financial records, providing workers with seven paid sick days would cost railroad Railroads just four days of recent profits. Jackson, I am hotter than a mofo over this. And I'm going to show the requisite emotion because this is out and out bribery. And they have definitely left the workers of the rail industry out there just hanging out there by themselves with nothing because now they can't even strike. This is a damn shame. And I hope that the railway workers do not forget this when it comes time to vote again. Don't forget. And no working class person should forget. Jackson, what say you? I done said a whole lot. What 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 say you? Well, um, I think that just in terms of the reality of the situation is, you know, given all the profits, uh, the record profits that the real companies mm-hmm. have seen. Uh, the reality is, the more I study things like fraud, all the things happening in the crypto market and stuff, you know, these corporations basically just participate in legal pump and dump schemes. They don't dump the stocks the same way, but it's no different when they buy their own stocks and then broadcast that to the shareholders. But everything comes with a cost, and the cost is the people who make the railways uh, possible. So again, this is just a very unfortunate loss for the Democrats that was unnecessary. And it's easy to blink past how much money these people get. $20 million is a lot of money, but we're so used to hearing that, that it's just like, you know, so just, you know, uh, corporate Democrats taking another ill. Yeah, corporate Democrats and corporate Republicans, they are the worst. And they together, they dine together, the kids go to school together. They're gonna have a bright future together. Let us not forget, it is the 98%. It is the have and the have not. That's what this comes down to. So shame on this administration. Rail workers, don't you forget it. And everybody else that stands in solidarity with solidarity with workers across this country, we will not forget what this Congress and this president did to the rail workers. We'll be back. I'm hot. Y'all know what I gotta do. I'm going to get my extinguisher right now. We'll be back. Welcome back, viewer comments round number two. I did get the fire extinguisher. 
trying to find that Zen place right now. So TYT members, Cray Cray says Buttigieg couldn't come up with enough platitudes to defend Biden's action. Cray Cray, you are so right, because this man, he is a platitude machine. But no, Jake Tapper on that CNN interview was not having it. So you are absolutely right. On Twitch, Clifton says Manchin could never switch to the GOP because he wouldn't be primary. And now the Dems should do it because he would be, excuse me, primary. And now the Dems should do it in 2024. You got that right. Go ahead and primary this fool. And on YouTube Super Chat, David says the out of control crony capitalism in the United States is one of the worst tragedies. David, you are exactly right. And you summed that up so well. It is indeed a tragedy of epic proportions and it hurts we, the people, ultimately. So Warren Buffett, the other villain in the rail saga. We have been going on and on about the president and about Congress. Well, there's a third villain here and his name is Warren Buffett. I need you to watch this. Do you know that the largest railroad in America is entirely owned by Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway? But why did Buffett pay nearly $40 billion to buy into a nearly 200 year old industry? Well, for starters, there's not nearly as many railroads as you may think. In 1900, there were over 130 major railways. In the US today, it's about seven. In short, the industry has seen massive consolidation over the past century through acquisitions, mergers, and bankruptcies. The end result has been that the remaining railroads are some of the largest transportation corporations in America. Yep, that is a problem, an absolute problem. So Congress, the president, and Warren Buffett. Like, let's add him to the list. We haven't forgotten about him and so many others. Check out this tweet from Senator Bernard Sanders in November. The senator tweeted, Warren Buffett, the owner of BNSF Railway's parent company, became 1.3%. $8 billion richer yesterday. In one day, Mr. Buffett made twice as much money as it would cost to guarantee 15 paid sick days a year to every rail worker in America. The greed of the rail industry must end. Indeed, Senator, it absolutely must end. And furthermore, rail companies have estimated that it would cost roughly $688 million a year to provide 15 days of paid sick leave to rail employees who work long and erratic hours and are often expected to be on call 24 hours a day. To make matters worse, rail companies attendance policies punish workers for calling out sick or taking a day off to see a doctor. This is coming from Jake Johnson of Common Dreams. Just flat out rail workers, don't be human. You're robots, you don't get sick, you don't need to eat, you don't need rest. That is really what these owners of these rail companies are saying this is another reason why the federal government should act because these work conditions are untenable for these rail workers. Let's go on Warren Buffett's BNSF for example has started using a convoluted system called HIVIS under which workers start with a point balance then lose points if they're unavailable to work because they're sick. Damn it, don't get sick rail workers have a family emergency or other reasons. If their balance hits zero, they can get a 10 day suspension, ain't this some shit? They can get a 10 day suspension and a 20 day suspension if it happens again, reaching zero for the third time in a two year period means getting fired. Jackson, I just can't, that's coming from Mother Jones. I can't with this, just absolutely cannot. 
Well, I think that, um, you know, one of the reasons why this may go unnoticed really by a lot of people uh, until the last few days perhaps, or just the issues that railway workers face is because, you know, the railway industry is old technology. It's not sexy, it's not new, it's not taking us to the moon or the stars. So people don't pay attention to it. However, it's really one of the more important technologies and systems that we have in the country that brings everything that everyone uses all over. So it's one of the better investments anybody can make if they have the money. So as the managerial class is squeezing all these dollars out of people as we just went over, they announced after their buybacks that they're gonna make a, a lot of profits for the shareholders. You know, that, that's why, no, why not? Uh, the thing about power is, it, I don't care who you are. When you have the ability to do things just because you can, there's a good chance eventually you will. And that's why regulations and balance is so important. And that's why intervention is needed because these people are doing things simply because they can, nothing more. Isn't that the truth? And that's saying that absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that is what we are seeing in this case. So Biden and corporate Dems, they cave to people like Warren Buffett. It's cruel and it is totally unacceptable. And that is why we continue to bring this to you here on Unboss. We want you to know. While rail workers suffered, Buffett was too busy engaging in corporate greed and building Berkshire's Hathaway's portfolio. Here's a list of the shares the company brought in 2022. And you see them all, Occidental Petroleum, Chevron, et cetera, et cetera, all of that stuff. Just to enrich themselves at the expense on the backs and the bodies and the minds and the souls of the rail workers. And this is unadulterated, gluttonous corporate greed. And it's nothing new for Warren Buffett. Let's put up this headline, Warren Buffett, America's folksiest predator. You've got that right, he is a predator indeed. Dave Dayen's new book, Monopolize, shows how Buffett has normalized monopoly power. And the government is supposed to call the, the rules. You know, they're supposed to break this kind of nonsense up, but they haven't. Buffett is the avatar of monopoly. This is a guy whose investment, investment philosophy is literally that of a monopolist. I mean, he invented this sort of term, the economic moat, that if you build a moat around your business, then it's going to be successful. I mean, this is the language of building monopoly power. And again, that's coming from David's, uh, from David and, uh, and Matt Stoller, all right? That is it, okay? so. Let's talk about Bill Gates. Bill Gates owns the largest, he has the largest ownership stake at CN. So it's not just Buffett, we're looking at Gates. And in case you're wondering, CN is the Canadian National Railway and it had problems of its own in 2022. Let's put up this headline, 750 signal and communication workers in Canada strike CN rail for pay hikes and improved conditions. So we got workers doing this all over the country. Now an agreement was eventually reached between CNR and the workers and Gates has sold a sizable portion of his share. But it's another glaring example of how Buffett, Gates and other billionaires continue to exploit workers and buy off politicians. Congress needs to act and hold these corrupt barons accountable. This is history repeating itself. Who were the tycoons of the Gilded Age? Meet the ruthless robber barons who made millions, gasping monopolists or American heroes. So this is nothing new. Oh my goodness, we, we gotta continue to fight back against this. And that's why we're gonna continue to talk about this on Unboss. So Emmett Till, yeah, Emmett Till, the teenager that was murdered, 
in the 1950s. Take a look at this. The body was shipped home, back north to Chicago, where Mamie Till Bradley insisted on an open casket funeral. So all the world can see, she said, what they did to my boy. There's a wide world. Jet magazine showed Till's corpse. Beaten, mutilated, shot through the head. A generation of black people would remember the horror of that photo. Believe that the whole United States is mourning with me. And if the death of my son can mean something to the other unfortunate people all over the world, then for him to have died a hero would mean more to me than for him just to have died. I know that some of this is disturbing and it is. Imagine what Mamie Till and that Till family had to endure. That was the fiercely courageous Mamie Till, Emmett Till's mother, who laid it down. She said, I want them to see, I want the world to see what they did to my baby. They did this to Emmett Till, a teenager, a little boy in 1955. He allegedly whistled at a white woman. Yeah, and they came into his uncle's home in Money, Mississippi and drug Emmett Till out. And he was never seen alive again. So we know that his killers were acquitted, acquitted by an all-white jury. Emmett's story has been entrenched in history of racial of the racial divide in this country and is still prevalent in 2022. Check out this headline: Kentucky Christmas Parade rescheduled after threats to protesters calling for Emmett Till's accusers' arrest. This was in the city of Bowling Green. And furthermore, in a video posted over the weekend announcing the cancellation, police chief Michael Delaney said at least three groups planned to protest on Saturday at two locations, while Warren County Sheriff Brett Hightower said his office learned of threats late Friday evening to shoot anyone who is protesting or assisting protesters. Yeah, you see, I mean, this is absolutely insane. And that's coming, that reporter's coming. Reporting is coming from CNN. And then next, the protesters want Mississippi court to order the arrest of Carolyn Bryant Donham, Donham, the white woman now in her late 80s who accused Teal of whistling at her in 1955 in Mississippi. According to CNN affiliate, Dunham was never arrested in connection with Teal's death, but a warrant for her arrest was found earlier this year in a Mississippi courthouse basement. A grand jury in Mississippi declined to indict Donham in August. So again, no justice. And this despite Dunham herself admitting to her lie, which led to Teal's murder. Woman linked to 1955 Emmett Teal murder tells historians her claims were false. The woman knew it when she did it. She knew it when she did it, but it didn't stop her from doing it. And that same kind of fire, that same kind of, we just gonna lie and blame it on, on a black boy or a black man still exists in this country right now today. Jackson, I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but I want you to weigh in on this too. Well, I mean, she what she did led to the brutal death of a young boy that that incident is historical. People will always remember this, it's gone down in time. We've all seen that picture, we've all heard that story no matter what we believe about it. And you know, they hunted down Nazis, they, they still hunt down Nazis. You know what I mean? They all over the world, they doing it, so why not her? Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, ju and just as an example to say that uh, 
crime is crime, cold cases are cold cases. People end up getting arrested all the time, literally all the time for things they did 30 years ago. So she's not special in that regard. She's not above the law. So there's really not a strong argument to not have her prosecuted just because she's older that doesn't change the fact because again, people in her position get charged and brought to prison all the time. All the time, that is exactly right, Jackson. Let's put up this tweet from Eugene Gu, MD, said yet, Still, to this day, racists in Mississippi have so much anger and hatred in their hearts that they continue to shoot up Emmett Till's memorial signs and markers like these three college students at Ole Miss. That's what lynching looks like in America many years after the fact. We got to reckon in America, we do. We got to deal with anti-blackness and racism, we do. We got a problem, Houston. We got a problem. We got a problem all over this country that we must resolve. We need some real truth and reconciliation to happen in the United States of America. I'm with Jackson. She not too old. She needs to be held accountable. She caused the brutal, brutal murder of Emmett Till in 1955. That is it for our show today. Love you so much. It was rip roaring per usual. And thank you so much for joining us. You know what I want you to do about this time? I want you to Keep the faith, no doubt. I know you can get weary at moments, I too. But I want you to keep that faith. But more importantly, I want you, I want you to keep the fight. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network, like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.